God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and I hope everybody's enjoying their day off. It's a holiday. You can't miss it. I mean, I woke up over the weekend and uh, <clears throat> I posted this up on Facebook and I I received this notification on my MacBook, on my Windows machine, everywhere. Popping up everywhere. Juneteenth. June 19th. Juneteenth. And uh, couldn't miss it. And I got to thinking about that. But then, you know, I got on with my day. And I went off to the gym. And I passed this electric vehicle uh, charger. It's free. There's no place to put a credit card in. It's absolutely free. So you just you know take your electricity and and uh charge your car meanwhile there's other people that are paying $5 a gallon in gas and it just you know occurred to me because on this electric vehicle uh charging station was you know and I was walking but um in any case on this charging station there was an ad, and it was a rainbow ad. Um, what, what does the rainbow thing mean? You know, LGBT, LBGTQRSYZ, and um, and I guess that's some sort of a trans, bisexual, homosexual, gay sexual thing, lesbian sexual. It's all sexual. Maybe maybe it's even like a learned behavior. I don't know, but it's a sexual choice. So people's sexual choices are up there for the world to see. And of course, that group perpetuates and pushes at every turn transgender classrooms and trans child study 
for your five and eight-year-olds because everybody knows that a 10-year-old is going to be voting in two election cycles. You know, every four years you vote, right? Well, 10-year-olds are going to be voting in, in not the next election, but the election after that. They might miss one election, but a 10-year-old is literally going to vote not in the next election, but the next election. They're going to be voting in two elections from now. Not the next one, but the next one. That's a 10-year-old. So what are they trying to do? They're trying to groom you. They're trying to indoctrinate you with your their public school systems. I don't say your public school systems that you pay for. I say their public school systems because you're taking your kids out of public school because you don't want your kids indoctrinated with the liberal message. You don't want your kids indoctrinated with transsexual weirdos that want to confuse what, what, what gender is. There was a big victory, actually, when the International Olympic Committee, I think, or Olympic, International Sports Body, uh, just to be safe, because I don't know if it was the Olympic Committee or whatever, but it said that you cannot compete. So that means that Leah Thomas, uh, that dude that swims with the women over at Penn, University. Pet, everything's happening in Pitt. Jonathan Gruber said that that weird stuff about the stupidity of the American voter at Penn. Amy Gutman has the flag, the Black Lives Matter flag, waving up above the German embassy right now. She was the one that financed the Biden Center at Penn. And Amy Gutman was the president of Penn until she got this cushy ambassadorship job over in Germany, and now she's waving the Black Matter, Lives Matter flag. Meanwhile, Germany is suffering from 39% inflation because of their, their green initiatives and renewable energy campaigns that Angela Merkel supported as a globalist. And now they're in an energy crisis that's driving up their inflation. You know, government breaks things and then they fix things and then they break them and they fix them and they never fix them back to where it really was or should be. The government just needs to stay clear, stay in their lane, stay out of our business. That's what the government needs to do. Smaller government is what we need, not bigger government. So I'm looking at this electric vehicle station and I'm looking at this rainbow and I'm looking at this then the next scene, because it's a video, right? The next scene is Black Lives Matter with these fists in the air. Fists, like resist. Resist? Resist what? What do the Black Lives Matter want to resist? America? What do they support? 1619 Project? It says, really, our, our, our country started in, at this date, the 1619 date, not the... Uh, 1776 Independence Date. It's disrespectful to our founding fathers. They want to push Common Core. They want to push critical race theory and tell you that all of our founding fathers were racists. Somehow, though, all this crime that's happening in our cities, whether it's Philadelphia or Chicago or where have you, 
You know, there was just a big thing in D.C. where people got shot up, a 15-year-old shot dead. But yeah, they want to celebrate their Black History Month and their Black uh, Lives Matter uh, Marxist group. Because it's a Marxist group. And last I checked, all Marxists pretty much hate America. Just look at George Soros. Now, he's not black, but he hates America just as much as Black Lives Matter does. And he puts in these white district attorneys to basically allow this crime to happen in black communities. And it's a disservice. And somehow, I don't know, I don't understand why it is that black people continue in these poor cities, think that somehow white people are racist, cops are bad, defund the police. They think all that's a good thing for them. Meanwhile, the people at the top that are narrating and gaslighting this whole lie, because Black Lives Matter was founded on a lie. It was founded in Ferguson and um, with Mike Brown, hands up, don't shoot, was a big fat lie. Everything about it is a lie, except for the fact that the money that's going to the top is going to act blue. And so the problem I have is that the LBGTQ is a voter block that Democrats are buying with your tax dollars. With your conservative tax dollars, they're buying that voter block. They're buying it. And what are they giving in return? They're giving all kinds of money and assets and benefits. They get a whole month, Gay Pride Month, right? All kinds of parades. The city just like gravy train puts all this great luxury out to, to promote and be proud. And so today we have another holiday. You know, it was Martin Luther King. Forget about him now. He's no longer cool. Just like uh, Bill Maher said, you know, uh, New York had this gay parade. And the only the only people that weren't at the top of the food chain, you know, uh, as as part of the organizers were gay men. It was all trans and it was all this and that and the other. But gay men were excluded. Their, their, their grandpa's gay, gay pride, right? Not no longer cool. They're, white men are not no longer cool. You got to be a third dimension. You got to have like a third eye and be gay. You know, you got to be a real freakazoid to be gay. Now and be cool and get to the top of the food chain. But Black Lives Matter is the same thing. There, when you click the donate button on BlackLivesMatter.com, it goes to Act Blue. So the problem I have with Amy Gutman flying the flag above the embassy in Germany and showing all this awareness and having these things pop up on my computer that I never even put there. I never put that on my calendar that it was Juneteenth. I could care less about Juneteenth. I could care less about critical race theory. I could care less about the 1619 Project. I could care less about it. But it was signed into law last year by Joe Biden. That's right. This is a Joe Biden thing. And what they're doing is they're using conservative tax dollars, just like they use conservative tax dollars to buy abortions through Planned Parenthood. They're now using conservative tax dollars to promote 
a left-wing, radical left-wing Marxist group that does nothing but fundraise for the Democrat Party. And I have a real problem with that because that is a campaign uh, finance violation, if I've ever seen one. Now, it's bad enough that Zuckerberg spent $400 billion to rig elections in 2020. And it's certainly bad enough the billions of dollars in market value that the censorship of big tech and our news media has disseminated upon our public. And they're doing it with the Ukraine war. They're doing it with the 2020 election. They're doing it with the 22 election. They're doing it all through Europe. You know, that's how Klaus Schwab got to be this hero when he's a monster. That's how Pfizer and COVID were perpetuated. That's what this whole climate change and how it's, it's, it's perpetuated. This climate change thing isn't ready for prime time. And you know why I know that? Because it, it cannot compete with the existing market that's in place. It's not a better widget. And so therefore, they got to actually create an equitable playing field rather than an equality playing field. They got to unlevel the playing field and make it unfair for the current actors. They got to make it unfair for the oil companies so that the electric companies can compete. Do you think that's going to help you build a better mousetrap when you've been basically cronied all the way up to the the top of the food chain? You know, do you think Black Lives Matter is benefiting? you think Black Lives Matter to the people that are buying the $4 million houses or buying houses all over California and living rich and high on the hog? Without that money trickling down? The reason why the Democrats don't believe in trickle-down economics is because when they get the power and they get the money, they act like Hillary Clinton or the Biden crime family. They act like all of that. They put it into their pockets and they snort crack and do porn and engage in all kinds of illicit activities, buy their guns illegally. That's what Hunter Biden did. Bought a gun illegally, did crack, and paid for an endless food chain of hookers. That's what Hunter Biden did. And how he got the money was the worst part of it all. Because I could really care less what this guy does behind his closed doors. But what he's doing, selling out America and getting a CFIUS contract where he's the only act in town. He's got a built-in monopoly thanks to people like John Kerry and his father. And we're still paying out the nose now for Ukraine. We're paying Ukraine because we fleeced Ukraine for the last 15 years. And now we're giving the money back. And there's an oil distribution, fossil fuel crisis, you know, and Joe Biden is out there trying to say that he's not responsible for any of this, and he is. Their, their, Their COVID restrictions and their climate initiative, which is a globalist 
thing. You know, climate, they're using climate now to pass laws in France and in Germany. And they're basically shutting down events because of heat and electric consumption. And they're passing laws and they're going to, they're basically shutting them down. They're saying that there's short supply of energy. And so therefore they're going to have to create laws to govern how people behave like they did with COVID and the vaccine passports, turning them into a social credit score system, right? And this social credit score system is again going to control and give access to seize your bank accounts if you step out of line or say the wrong thing. They're going to control your whereabouts and your mobility and where you're traveling to and what you're saying on social media and how you're spending your money and who you're voting for and what kind of advocacy you stand for. You know, we saw this play out in 2014 No, 2012, no, 2010, 11 and 12, when they were targeting Tea Party groups and Lois Lerner, another government bureaucrat, Democrat, that basically went after and targeted Tea Party members and wouldn't allow them to set up their nonprofit organizations. I have a nonprofit organization It's buglecall.org. I founded it. We got our 501c3. And and part of the agenda that we have, and our subset is magapac.org. And what we do is we actually um, are connected with these shows on the radio that help disseminate what we truly believe in, which is America First Policies, to make America great again. And that's what we stand for. That's what we're trying to perpetuate. And it's not cheap. It's not free. Somehow we need donations in order to keep these things going. And that's fine. But could you imagine if Bugle Call got the same kind of love and treatment that Black Lives Matter got? This past weekend, that would have been worth how much money do you think that would be worth? To have an alert pop up on every single computer in the world that says, hey, it's Juneteenth. I didn't put that on my calendar, folks. I did not. It popped up. As soon as I got up in the morning, turned my computer on, and boom. Hey, it's Juneteenth. It's Juneteenth awareness. I got three alerts on each computer. Boom. Couldn't miss it. Then I go to the gym And I'm looking at an electric vehicle where they give free electricity out to those who could afford an electric vehicle while everybody else is paying $5 a gallon in gas. And some dude gets an electric vehicle because they're pushing electric in an unfair, unequitable, unequal competing format because they have a product that's inferior to the other product that they're competing against. That would be renewable energy and electric vehicles not competing well against fossil fuel and combustible engines. So they get this free electricity, and while they're actually charging your car for free, giving the liberals exactly what, you know, the, the, the uh, pork, you know, the unfair favoritism, 
they also are promoting a liberal institution, a liberal organization like Black Lives Matter and another liberal organization like LGBTQXYZ. And both of those organizations are indoctrinating your children with trans work studies for five-year-olds and eight-year-olds, um, critical race theory, the 1619 Project, Common Core, cisgender stuff, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff that we've been seeing come out of Disney and with our public schools. So bad, it's so bad that when the parents complain, the FBI goes after the parents and treats them like they're on a terror watch list. Okay? And that's a fact. They did it. And then you, you, you take that and you say, well, you know what? I, I'm not going to go ahead and I'm not going to engage with your public school system because I don't want my children being exposed to all this. So guess what? You're paying taxes for that school board, right? But when you take your kid out and you give them private school lessons, it's coming out of your pocket. So not only are you paying for the left-wing propaganda school, the public school, the one that the Department of Education and the teacher, the powerful teachers unions uh, who are supported by the president and the, the uh, House and the Senate right now, um, they are living fat on the hog, perpetuating all this stuff, and also giving, with their riches, giving campaign donations to the left-wing, radical left uh, politicians to try to help them win elections. Plus, they're censoring. Plus, they they have uh, BlackRock and Vanguard and big corporations in their pocket. So they got it all covered. And that's why Putin is not the one that's the aggressor. It's the globalists that are actually the evil ones that are the aggressors. But the parents are treated like terrorists and they're indoctrinating your children with LBGTQ BS and, and Black Lives Matter, Critical Race Theory, 1619, uh, Juneteenth BS. And so you decide to take your kids out of there. Now the schools are no longer overwhelmed and packed, over full, full uh, and you're still paying taxes that goes right into those schools. And it's only the indoctrinated left that now gets to go to school for free while you pay out the nose for your alternative school, which is a private school, which is maybe a Catholic school or which, which is a charter school or a, a home school. And when you think about it like that, you got to say there's got to be a better way to fight this fight because you don't want to give them that unfair advantage. You don't want to give up on the public sphere. The public, you're entitled. You're entitled to the public. You pay taxes, so therefore you're entitled to that public school. So you got to really try to work in the grassroots way 
about trying to take back your school by getting on that board and winning those small elections that make a difference at the local level. We have to do it. We can't abandon the fight. We can't walk away and give the left what they want, which is to segregate society between conservatives and liberals where where your tax dollars pay for their business, but their tax dollars don't pay for your business because your business is private and theirs is public. You see the problem, right? I have such a problem with the Democrats who just won't shut up about racism and about, you know, gender and about, you know, LGBTQ month and Pride Month and 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 Juneteenth and and Martin Luther King and and Black uh History Month. All these things need to go away. I think we would be so much better off if we would just stop talking about it. That's all we need to do. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're gonna relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is white history month? <laughs> no, well, no, 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 come on. Tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month sorry. is Jewish history month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. The whole thing, especially the president and Democrats now are talking about income inequality, and that's basically what, you know, when you talk about the richest 85 people on the planet, right? Yeah. It's income inequality. Do you think that's, looking at, you know, what's happening in the news now, is that a good idea? Do it's you a great think? idea. It is the greatest idea. Uh, we have a much more vibrant society when we don't have such a vast chasm between the haves and the have-nots. We need uh, that middle ground that we call the middle class, the people who buy everything, people who use the uh, products that the rich are creating, if they're creating anything other than wealth, right? right. So it's, it's what's happening with the Chinese economy right now. They're changing their whole outlook because they need consumers. Yeah. And without a middle class, you're not going to have consumers. You're not going to have it at the level that we normally would have it. So can we? Can I go back to because I, I I thought what you said was fascinating because you called it bull when you said people can't you know pull themselves up. Do you think that race plays a part in wealth dis- distribution or either a mindset that you can't Today? or cannot? Yeah, no, you don't. No, I don't. I don't. Hey, you and I, we're proof. Why would race have anything to do with it? Stick you, put your mind to what you want to do and go for that. Uh, it's kind of like religion to me. It's a good excuse for not getting there. Yeah. You know, I said, and it's probably get me in trouble, but I said to some of my colleagues recently, so I know that it's an issue, but I've been, it seems like every single day on television I'm talking about race and it's because of the news cycle, it's in the news, but I'm so, sometimes I get so tired of talking about it, I want to 
I want to just go, this is over, can we move on? And, and if you talk about it, it exists. Right. Yeah. It's not like it exists and we refuse to talk about it, but making it a bigger issue than it needs to be is the problem we have. So I understand you recently had a birthday. You're 27? No, 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 no. Got that on 37. 37, 37. Yeah. We Gee, had a little surprise for you. Can we get it? There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> That's more like it. That you. <laughs> Happy birthday, sir. Thank you, Don. Thank you for joining us here. Oh, it's a pleasure to be we here. Appreciate you. So, so there it is, right? Morgan Freeman. Uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, I think, made so much sense in that. And uh, this is a, this is one I haven't heard. It just uh, came so up. So Morgan Let's Freeman is with to us today, and and I've read up obviously on things that you've said in the past about. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King, and you had said this, Dr. Martin Luther King is not a black hero. He is an American, American hero. hero. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, I, I think uh, if you, uh, you sort of categorize uh, people, it tends to dilute their importance. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, referring to uh, Dr. Martin Luther King as a black heroes it it lessens mm -hmm. his statue he's an american hero he's no less than any other hero would have here that we don't dilute like that you know here here's a heavy question do you where do you feel like we are in race relations in america 50 years after the i, I have a dream speech yeah i'm 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 like everybody else i think we've come quite a, a long way but we had so far to go mm -hmm. and we still have quite a ways to go in uh, race relations in this country. I expect that by the time we've solved that problem, we will have developed others. So, you know, <laughs> life goes on. Uh, I see what you're saying. Chaos and calm, right? Uh, uh, a constant back and forth. What do, what do you think, though, about um, is the Trayvon Martin case, is that anything that is indicative or reflective of our relations um, among the races as a whole? Um... You want to say yes. I'm afraid to say yes about that. It's a little more complicated than that. But yes, I think that profiling is still a big problem we have here. We was we talked about um, stopping search in New York. Mm -hmm. That's obvious profiling because most of the people they stop and search are black and Hispanic. Yeah, but you got to go with statistics. And what Giuliani says with that is if you use the Comstat system, um, then you're profiling based on statistics, not skin color. And in fact, the Comstat doesn't even look, doesn't even know the color of the, the dot that's on the map, like a heat map, doesn't show skin color. But what it does is it puts, you know, um, suspicion into hot areas. So it's based on heat, on a heat map, or dots on a map, on a Comstat system, rather than uh, anything else. And it's where you put your resources. So, you know, there it is. But it's a, it's a very interesting topic. You know, I would just say that we'd be better off. Now, you could have your, your pride. You could have that, but it should not be the government's responsibility. See, I mean... The government's really not involved in, in St. Well, maybe they are involved with St. Patrick's Day. But 
Okay, so you have a day of celebration. Does it have to be a month? And it should be about fun. It shouldn't be political. Like, there's nothing real political about St. Patrick's Day. To me, or, or Columbus Day, it's a celebration of heritage uh, that was probably perpetuated by uh, the people, the Irish or the, or the Italians, and, and so on. But it wasn't necessarily this, you know, reparations, victimhood uh, kind of uh, endeavor. You know, it comes from a different place, a different energy. And I think until we can get past all of that and stop pointing the finger and blaming people that are living today for crimes they never committed and for things they don't believe in, you know, and just because these Democrats from the 60s passed these Jim Crow laws, I mean, we can't, I can't, I'm a conservative. I've never thought like they do. But the Democrats are the ones you know, George Wallace was a Democrat governor of Alabama that wanted segregation. Jefferson Davis fought against the Republicans' first president, Abraham Lincoln, who wrote the Emancipation of Proclamation. And yet the Democrats have somehow hijacked this whole race thing as if they're the ones that are not race. You know, they're the... They're the uh, integrators and uh, and pro-black people, but they're not. They're not. They're not. They, their history belies that. Their history is something different. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, pretty remarkable. You know, I have, a, I have actually a video that uh, I think I'm, I am going to share. Um, it's an audio. It's old, old, old idi- uh, video. I don't even know if I have it. No. Yeah, I, you know, I don't have it right now. But I, it's something I'll play for us uh, at some point. Um, it was with Amy Wax, somebody I've, I've actually had on, on the program before. And she talks about that. But we're not going to cover uh, this issue too too much longer. Um, the main thing is is that I don't think it's fair from an electric uh, election campaign donation perspective. Forget about race. Forget about anything other than the fact that Black Lives Matter is a liberal fundraiser for the Democrat Party and for Act Blue, and they're being reward they're being given all kinds of gifts from a Democrat government. Uh, flags flying on top of embassies. Um, holidays being created by these liberal, you know, and then you got Black Lives Matter violence being treated one way, and you got J6 people rotting in jail right now because they supported Trump. Wouldn't that be great if we had a MAGA day, right? Make America Great Again Day, and Trump would be the celebratory figure. Do you think they'd ever do that? You know? A red, uh, everybody wear the red MAGA, MAGA hats, you know, and, and, and put them up in the libraries and the public spaces like they do with Black Lives Matter. Make America great again. You know, let's wear, let's, let's paint the streets red and, and put the white letters down that say MAGA on it. Make America great again. How nice would that be? 
Oh, there'd be some people that would object, right? Well, what about this other one then? And here, theirs is so stupid because it uses skin color, something you're born with you can't even control. At least Make America Great Again actually is principled and steeped in, in history of making America great. It's a phrase that was actually coined by Ronald Reagan. And, and beyond that, probably. But yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where it's just the double standards are ridiculous. And they think that they're pulling the wool over our eyes, that we don't see the fact that they're firing up alerts on our calendars, in our personal space, on our personal computers, because big tech is in bed with the liberal party. And that these ambassadors of uh, U.S. ambassadors in other countries are flying these Black Lives Matter flag. Think about what that's going to do in translating campaign donations or a fundraising for Black Lives Matter, whom we know misappropriates their funds, and we know gives all their proceeds to Act Blue, who gives all their money to Democrat politicians. That, to me, is a travesty. That we are, we are in a government. We have a government right now that's doing this and getting away with it. Nobody's talking about it. I dare say I think I'm one of the only people that's looking at it from that perspective. I don't, I've not heard one other person say the things I'm saying right now. And what I'm saying is patently factual. It's, it's a fact. You can't, I mean, there's no way that you would win that debate with me on that particular subject. And I don't know why conservatives and Republicans aren't talking more about it. So I wanted to, you know, I was watching Maria Bartiroma over the weekend and um, Mike Pompeo was on and he, uh, he was talking about inflation and some other things. Uh, I wanted to take a listen to this as well. So um, let's go ahead and take a listen um, to what Mike Pompeo had to say. It was a great interview. It got a lot of high marks. Um, he's going to be running uh, for president too, of course. You know, it's going to be, for me, it's going to be Donald Trump, and then it's going to be DeSantis, and then maybe Pompeo would be my third choice. But I, I like Pompeo, but uh, but Trump is so much better and deserving. And Ron DeSantis is a rock star, and I, I hold those two as the top of the, you know, that's where I stand. But, you know, if you go with Pompeo, you're not going to go wrong there. But let's take a listen to Pompeo. Uh, the biggest challenge we face in the immediate term is the fact that families are being impacted in ways that are having to fundamentally reshape their lives. Uh, folks who thought that they were retired can see that their savings now are worth a half or two-thirds of what they were just a handful of weeks ago, and they may have to re-enter the workforce after they'd already planned for their life for decades. Uh, families who uh, were trying to buy a home now find that interest rates are at 6%. 
uh, grocery shelf store uh, shelves in stores are empty. Uh, this is this is deeply un-American. It is a result of failed policy from the White House. Uh, and this has all really taken place over the last 18 months since the administrations have changed out. It doesn't have to be, Maria. This is failed leadership, bad politics, uh, uh, just a wedding to a climate agenda that has destroyed the American energy industry that is the, at the base of so much of these cost increases. We know how to fix it. We can secure our southern border. We can get affordable energy prices. We can get the economy going back again. But the president of the United States is going to have to take responsibility and change directions, and he shows no signs of doing that. Rather, he'd rather he'd rather lash out and tell the American people, "Don't believe your lion eyes." Yeah, I mean, look, we continue to see the president's poll numbers at record lows. We have the numbers this morning, uh, just about 39 percent uh, to 43 percent now approve of this president's performance, and yet he is digging in. Continuing this climate agenda, Secretary, uh, we have Gina McCarthy, the uh, head of the climate uh, advisor uh, team, who's telling big tech to censor any stories that they don't agree with. They, she's actually talking to big tech and saying you need to wipe out, quote unquote, disinformation. Here's Gina McCarthy this this week. Watch this. The tech companies have to stop allowing specific individuals over and over again to spread disinformation. That's what the fossil fuel companies pay for. Think about that statement. We need big tech to censor our opponents. We need to have 100% because our argument can't, be, can't hold water against their argument. Uh, it's absolutely absurd that a government official would say such a thing in America where we have a First Amendment right to free speech. And yet they talk about it as if it's a transition. They don't mind that inflation is stoked and has been uh, making everything more expensive, most notably gasoline. Where you put Gina McCarthy on uh, a video alongside me, that's like putting the... Uh red carpet in front of the bull. Um, I've, I've known Gina since Gina McCarthy since she was the director of the AP, EPA when she was just trying to destroy the businesses in my home state of Kansas when I was a member of Congress. What you just heard there is exactly the same thing. They have been trying to cancel the ideas that we've been putting forward to build an American energy complex that includes uh, all, all, all of the above, oil, natural gas, uh, renewable fuels, hydropower, all of those things, they've been trying to destroy those opportunities. And instead, they have this faith. And I, I call it a faith greatly intentionally. It is a secular religion on climate change. And it, it is destroying the American people's lives. This isn't academic. This isn't about some IPCC report. This is about human beings who are trying to figure out how to afford to turn the lights on in their home and fill the gas tank in their car. Gina McCarthy doesn't give a whip about that. And she is destroying the American people's lives with the blessing of the president of the United States. And to try and stop information, good science, from being out in the public is one of the most dangerous things government can do. And Gina McCarthy has been an advocate for that for an awfully long time. Yeah, and now the president wants to travel to Saudi Arabia. Um, Secretary, I think one of the most important things that you did, that you led, was the Abraham Accords. You've done, you did a lot uh, in, in this past administration, as well as running the CIA and in your time in Congress. But when you take a look at the Middle East and what took place on your watch, now the president is traveling to Saudi Arabia to try to get them to put more oil on the market. How do you think that meeting plays out? 
Well, I'm, I'm glad that the president recognizes that we need more energy in the marketplace. So check that one. I said something good about President Biden this morning. But the first place you should go to is Midland, Texas, or the Bakken Shale, or Pennsylvania. American energy is the right place to start. Instead, they started with the Iranians and the Venezuelans and have now moved to the Saudis. Look, I hope that the fact that he's taking a trip there will convince the Saudis more broadly, even OPEC, to produce more energy. I think that'd be a good thing for the American people. But when you side with the Iranians, when you side with the world's largest state sponsor of terror against Israel and against Saudi Arabia and against the Emirates, uh, those leaders in those countries no longer have confidence in the United States. And the chance that they're going to they're going to do a solid for Joe Biden is exceedingly low. I hope he can turn the course there. But make no mistake about it. They set the mark when they made this decision to to walk away from the Abraham Accords and the peace and stability that they had brought to the region, the economic prosperity that they brought to the United States of America as a result of Emiratis and Moroccans and Israelis all trading together. When they walked away from that and said, no, we want to go back into that crazy Iran nuclear deal. They made American energy prices higher and they made life worse for every American. Yeah, and, and I think that the Saudis are upset about the uh, president continuing to try to get the U.S. back into this Iran deal. Now, we're expecting that the president is also going to visit Israel on this Middle Eastern trip. Uh, tell me about what they are thinking right now. I know that there are reports that uh, Israel is talking to the Saudis about improving diplomatic ties even further post those Abraham Accords. But I'm told you can't even say Abraham Accords in the White House today. Maria, I, I can imagine what Prime Minister Bennett is thinking in Israel. He's thinking that when Hamas fired rockets into Israel, it took this administration, the Biden administration, four days to say that Israel had the right to defend itself. Uh, they no longer have confidence that the United States and Israel will have the deep connectivity that we had during the time of uh, my work and President Trump's work. And so uh, it, when your friends don't trust you, when your most important ally in the region doesn't trust you, I'm confident that the Israelis are trying to figure out how it is they're going to make sure that Iran never gets a nuclear weapon, even if the United States won't support that effort. I, I pray that it doesn't come to that, but I, I know that they must surely be trying to figure out how can we build a coalition. They're, they're working more closely with the Arab states today than they are with the United States of America. That's not good for our country, uh, let alone not good for the region. That matters an awful lot to people in Iowa and Kansas and Texas and Virginia. These places that I have traveled, they can all see that the stability that we had built during our four years has now been just squandered, thrown away, and putting us all at risk. What a terrible shame. I want to get your take on what's going on in Iran right now. And I know that the mullahs in Iran are still trying to target you, uh, that forcing you to have extra uh, security around. But if tensions increase and the Iranian regime actually retaliates, because you see these protesters uh, bubbling up in Iran right now, uh, is the area becoming more fragile? Does this become the next crisis for the United States? Uh, isn't it true that they could block the Straits of Hormuz and prevent oil? cargoes and perhaps make the oil situation even worse? Maria, there's no doubt about it. it's a tenuous situation. That risk is very real. Uh, I watched this for four years. I was so deeply involved in making sure that that day never came. Uh, when the Iranians were threatening Americans, we took out the leader of the IRGC Quds Force to make sure that he never threatened another American. This administration instead, they, they, they talk about the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. That's a bad thing. But the detention of Americans in Iran, the, the Iranian uh, efforts to murder people all across the world, the fact that they continue to sponsor terror from Hezbollah on Israel and from Hamas 
and the Iraqi Shia militias. The, the, the Iranians are the single largest threat in the region. They could indeed close down the strait, drive up energy prices even higher. And this administration chose to try to appease them. That, that, that has failed. Mm. This isn't academic. This, this, this matters to people all across the United States of America. What, what happens in Tehran doesn't stay there. It impacts us. And when you get that wrong, when you, when you try to appease someone like the Ayatollah, who is a religious theocratic uh, authoritarian, who wants to put down these protests inside of his own country using brutal force, and I pray for the Iranian people every day, when, when you have an administration that has abandoned our friends and is emboldening in our adversaries, it becomes incredibly dangerous, not only in the Straits of Hormuz and the Arab Peninsula and in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, but in the United States yeah. as well. Ellen, he mentioned uh, Jamal Khashoggi. And, uh, you know, Jamal Khashoggi was a secretary and a right-hand advisor, right-hand man, chief of staff, senior advisor to this guy named Alawi bin Talal. And Alawi bin Talal was not only good friends with Barack Hussein Obama, uh, there's word that I don't, I've never been able to substantiate where he financed Barack Obama's Harvard education. But he also uh, was in a video meeting with Bill Gates. Uh, Bill Gates, uh, and they met also and they did investments with the head of the Four Seasons. They um, are connected, the Khashoggi's are connected with the Maxwell's, Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, so that, that also, Bill Gates was connected with Jeff, uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so, so you have Epstein, you have the, the Maxwell's, you have the Khashoggi's. The Khashoggi is actually um, a relative, a cousin of Dodi Fayed, who is going out with Princess Diana once upon a time. And there's actually a connection with the boat that uh, Maxwell, Robert Maxwell died on. Uh, and then they sold, they bought the boat from the Khashoggi family. Muhammad Khashoggi was the grandfather of both Dodi Fayed and Jamal Khashoggi. They are socialist liberals and they're globalists. Bin Talal is... Khashoggi's, the Khashoggi's are, the Maxwell's are, the Epstein's are. They're corrupt, and they, um, they uh, are, were not good characters. They were anti-Solomon kingdom, you know, the current kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Again, not the same kind of kingdom that was responsible for 9-11, you know, it's just like the difference between Barack Hussein Obama and Donald Trump. There's there's a wide cavern there. You know, there's a wide difference. You can't say that America's remotely the same with the leadership of, of uh, you know, Biden or Obama or Hillary Clinton, for that matter, and someone like Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, you know. The two countries are you know, radically different in America. And the same holds true with Saudi Arabia. People need to understand that. It's not the same government. And so Jamal Khashoggi was murdered because he was a threat to the kingdom. And it was a revenge threat because of what the Solomon Kingdom did to Bin Talal. And Bin Talal was working with Bill Gates 
and Bill Gates was working with Jeffrey Epstein, and Jeffrey Epstein's connected with the Maxwells, Ghislaine Maxwell, who is connected with the Khashoggi's. And so Khashoggi, and so for Lindsey Graham to be um, in tears and upset about Jamal Khashoggi, he's on record as, you know, basically because he did not, he wanted, he supported the JCPOA and the Iranians and the Palestinians. They were um, anti-Israel and therefore they were anti-Saudi Arabia and uh, the Gulf states. But that's where the Abraham Accords were, were so important because basically what happened was Donald Trump starved out the, uh, the Palestinians because they weren't willing to even remotely negotiate fairly a settlement agreement in the Middle East. And so after a while, the Palestinians became a liability to the prosperity, especially because Donald Trump ratcheted up energy independence and he took that basic tool, that bargaining chip, off the bargaining table from these Gulf states and from Saudi Arabia and in turn took a lot of their money and helped them neutralize the balance of power in the Middle East by crushing Iran economically while boosting and bolstering the Saudi Arabian military, which was actually putting Americans back to work by building these weapon systems for Saudi Arabia and also allowing American workers to drill, you know, create the pipelines and drill for oils. And we saw last week when we were listening to that committee hearing how the guy that's in charge of our energy couldn't say that he actually liked pipelines because he doesn't. doesn't. And even our own energy secretary, when the colonial pipeline was down through the hacking, the green hackers, had to say um, that uh, pipelines are the cleanest way to distribute energy, fossil fuels, oil, what have you. Certainly cleaner than Warren Buffett's trains. I almost said Jimmy Buffett. Warren Buffett's trains. And uh, it's, it's a clean way to go. Maybe not as good as nuclear. France is probably right on that. But in any case, hey. That brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out buglecall.org and magapack.org to find out how we're supporting America First policies to make America great again. If you go over to mypillow.com and buy anything, use the Red State promo code, and the promo code is Red State. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.